0: The Sisters by James Joyce. There was no hope for him this time. It was the third stroke, night after night. i had passed the house, it was vocation time, and studied the lighted square of the window, night after night, i had found it lighted in the same way, faintly and evenly. If he was dead, I thought I would see the reflection of candles, the dark and blind, for I knew the two candles must be set at the head of a corpse. He had often said to me, I am not long for this world. At faults his words idle. Now I knew they were true. Every night as I gazed up at, that, at the window, I said softly to myself, the word paralyzed. I always sound strangely in my ears like the word of Koron, an occulted, the word simmery, or in the Catholicism. Now it sounded to me like the name of some magnificent, magnificent a sinful being. Feel me with fear, yet I long to be nearer to it and to look upon its deadly work. Old Cotier was sitting at the fire, smoking. I came downstairs to supper while my aunt was laying ladling out my stir about, he said, as if returning to some former remark of his. No, I wouldn't say he was exactly. It was something quite queer. It was something uncanny about him. I'll tell you my uh, opinion. He gained a path at his pipe, no doubt arranging his opinion in his mind. tiresome old fall. when he knew him first, he used to be rather interesting. Telling of faints and worms, I soon grew, grew tired of him, Telling a story about the I have my own theory about it, he said. I think it was one of those peculiar cases. It's hard to say. Going up away his pipe, that's giving us his theory. My uncle saw me staring and said to me, Well, so, your old friend is gone. You'd be sorry to hear. Who, said I, Father Flynn. He's dead, Mr. Cotier. He has just told us he's him by the house. Passing by the house. I knew he was under observation, so I continued reading, so if the news did not interest me, my uncle explained to old courtier. Youngster and he were great friends. The old chap taught him a great deal, mind you. They say he's a great wish he had a great wish for him. God have mercy on his soul, said my aunt piously. Old courtier looked at me for a while. His old little felt like his beady little black eyes would examining me but could not justify testify him by looking up my plate turned his pipe and funny sat rudely into the crate back rudely in the grate i wouldn't like children of mine he said to have as much to say as to a man like that how do you mean mr Cotier? cotter cotter said my aunt well i mean is said old cotter he buy the children my idea he let me young let a young lad run around about and play with young lads of his own age. Not be uh, my right, Jack. That's, not, that's my prince too," said my uncle. Let him learn to box his corner. That's what I always say to the Ruscarolian. Hit there, take an exercise. Why, when I was a dipper, every morning of my life, I had a cold bath, winter and summer. That's what stand me now. Education is all very fine and large. but Scotia, I take a pick. Of that leg button, he added to my aunt. No, no, not me, said Alcoutier. My aunt brought the dish from the safe, put it on the table. But why do you think it's no good for children, Mr. Cotier? she asked. Bad for children, said Alcoutier, because their minds are impressionable. If children see things like that, you know it has an effect. I crammed my mouth with a stare-about f- for fear I might give utterance to my anger to old red-nosed and pursue. It was late when I fell asleep. Now that angry old for alluding to me as a child, puzzled my head with meaning from his unfinished sentences. The dark of my room I imagined, but I saw again the heavy grey face of the paralytic. I drew the blankets over my head and tried to think of Christmas. The grey face still followed me, it murmured, and I understood, designed to confess something, from my soul, receding to some pleasant and very, very vitreous greed. And there again I found it waiting, waiting for me, began to confess to me a murmuring voice, a wonder white smile continued, while lips were so moist, a spittle. But then I remembered that it just died from paralysis. I felt it too was surrounding feeling to dissolve with some sonic. Of his sin. Next morning, after breakfast, went down to look at the little house of Great Britain Street, so Simons' shop. An assembly shop registered under a vague name, Drapery. Drapery consisted mainly of children's booties and umbrellas, and all day. And as is used to hang in the window, saying brothers, recovered. covered no at let his fiddle after the shutters were up. A crape bouquet was tied to the door knocker with a ribbon. Two old poor women, no telegram boy, reading the card pinned to the crape. It was so uh, I was approached and July 1st, 1880, 18, 1885. The Reverend James Flynn, formerly St. Catherine's Church, Meath Street, aged 65 years, R.I.P., Reading the card, made me that he was dead, disturbed to find myself to check a check. If he was not been dead, I would have gone into the little room, dark room, behind the back of the shop, to find him sitting in his armchair by the fire, nearly smothered in his great coat. Only perhaps my aunt had given me a pack of high toast for him, and his present would have roused him from his stupefied doze. It was always over I who emptied the pocket. With his black snuff box, for his hands trembled too much to allow him to do without spilling half a snuff about the floor. Even as he raised his large trembling hand his nose, little clouds of smoke dribbled from his fingers over the pile front of his coat. May have been those constant showers of snuff gave his ancient priestly garments their green, faded look, for the red handkerchief. Blackened, it always was, with snuff stains of, of weak, which he we tried to brush away. The falling grains was quite infect, infectious. wished to go in and look at him, but I had not the courage to knock. I walked very slowly along the sunny side of the street, reading all the practical arrangements and shut windows. As so I went, I found a strange penetrating even. My, I, in not of day seemed to be morning mood. I felt even annoyed at discovering myself a sensation of freedom, if I had been freed from something by my death. I wondered at this, for as my uncle said that the next before, before, he taught me a great deal. He studied Irish College in Rome. He taught me to pronounce Latin properly. He told me stories about the catacombs, about Napoleon Bonaparte. He explained to me the meaning different ceremonies of the mass and different vestments worn by priests. Sometimes he amused himself by putting difficult questions to me, asking me what one should do in certain sacrifices, or whether such or such sins were mortal or virile or other imperfections. Questions showed he how complex mysterious, year of certain institutions of the church which are simplest regarded as, simple as, as his simplest acts, Jesus preached the wolves and anchors. The walls of secrecy, the confession seemed a great, so great to me. I wondered how anybody ever found in, found himself the courage to undertake them. That surprised me. He told me that the father of the church had written books, figures, of post office directory. closely they thought this I could not make no answer, or only a few very fewish and altering ones upon with, through the present responses of the mass, which he made me learn by heart. I by. He, as I patted, he used a uh, smile pensively and on his head. Now and then, pushing huge pinches of stuff out each nostril dourly. He smiled. He used to uncover those big and discoloured teeth. his tongue lie but down, lie upon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. His lower lip habit was made you feel easily in the beginning. Quaintance, I knew him well. As I walked along in the sun, I remembered old Cotty's words, trying to remember what had happened afterwards in the dream, remembered I not noticed long, I remembered I had noticed long velvet curtains, a swinging lamp. By antique fashion, I felt I had been very far away, some land with the customs, strange in Persia, I thought, but I could not remember the end of the dream. Evening and my aunt took me with her to visit the house of the morning. It was after sunset the spender panels of the house. They looked to west, reflected the tawny gold of the great blank of clouds. None received us in half as the hall. It would have been unseemly to have frowned it about her. My aunt shook her hands with her for all. An old woman played it upwards with choked with my aunt's nodding, proceeding to toil the narrow staircase before us. She bowed head, being sunk scarcely above the level of the bass the first landing he stopped and reckoned as forward. And courage as was at the door of the dead room. My aunt went in, the old woman, seeing her hesitated to enter, began to beckon me to me again pretty with her hand. I went in tip- on tiptoe, a room for which the lace end of the blind was suffused and dusky golden lights and which the candles looked like pale, thin flames. His coffined. He'd been coughing. Nanny, Nana gave the lead, and me three knelt down at the foot of the bed, pretended to pray, but could not gather my thoughts. Because the old woman's mutterings distracted me. I noticed how clumsy his skirt was, locked, how clumsy a skirt was hooked on the back, and the heels of cloth boots were trodden down to one side. Fancy came to me—the old priest was smiling as he lay. In the coffin, from no, and he rose and went up to the head of the bed. I saw he was not smiling, as there he lay, summoned and copious, vested at, as for the old altar. His large hands loosely maintaining chalice faces, very translucent, grey and massive, with black cartilage nostrils circled by scanty white fur. There's a heavy odour in the room, the flowers. We blessed ourselves and came away. In a little room downstairs, we found Elsa sitting in, in his room armchair in state. I groped my way towards my usual chair in the corner, while Nanny, Nanny went Nanny went the sideboard and brought out a canter of sherry and some wine glasses. She had set these on the table and invited us to take a little glass of wine. Then, as my sister's bidding, she filled out the sherry and the glasses, passing them out. He pressed me to take some cream crackers, also, but I declined, as I thought I would not, not make too much noise eating them. You seemed to be somewhat disappointed for my refusal. I went over quickly to the sofa, where she sat down behind my sister. No one spoke, we all gazed at the empty fireplace. My aunt waited to answer Ezra. Smiled, sighed, and said, Ah, oh, well, he's gone for a, bit, a better world. Well. As a sign again, and bowed her head. El Elser, el, el, Elser, el's, 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 bowed her head and, and sat. "I and Figured fingered the stem of her wine glass, fell sleeping a little. Did he peacefully? She asked. Oh, quite peacefully, madam, said Elsira. You couldn't tell when the breath went out of him. He had a beautiful death, God be praised. And yourself? And everything? Father Rook was with him and Tuesday, but they didn't repair him and all. He knew then? He was quite resigned. He's quite looks quite resigned, said my aunt. But that was that's what the woman he we had in in to watch him said. She said he just looked as if he was asleep, in a piece peaceful resigned. No one think he was such a beautiful corpse. Yes, indeed, said my aunt. She's left a little more her glasses glass said Well, Miss Flynn, at any anyway, rate, it would be great comfort for you to know you did all you could do for him. You are both very kind of him, I must say. Elspeth smoothed her dress over her knees. Oh, poor James, she said, God knows we've done all we could. As poor as we are, well, we wouldn't see him want anything while he was in it. Nanny had le- leaned in her head against a sofa pillow and le- seemed all about to fall asleep. As poor old Ninny, said Elspeth, looking at her. Home. She's worn out all the work we had. She had me getting up, getting the woman to wash him, then laying him out in the coffin, and then arranging about the mass in the funeral chapel. And his father Rook—they didn't know where we have done it all. He was he- him who brought us all these flowers and two candlesticks. Chapel wrote all the notices for the Freeman's General, took charge of all the papers for the cemetery, and poor James's assurance. Weren't that good of him, said my aunt. Elsa closed her eyes and shook her head slowly. Ah, there's no friends like old friends, she said. When it's all said and done, no friends that a body can trust. Deed it true, said my aunt. I am sure, know that he's gone. Eternal reward, we won't forget you. And all your kindness to him. Oh, poor James, said Elsa, He is no trouble to us. You never hear him in the house And Now, shall I know he's gone. And all to that, so, all to that. It's when it's all over that you miss him, said my, oh my aunt. I know that, said Elsie. I won't be bringing him a cup of tea, tea any more, nor you, madam, spend sending him stuff, stuff. Oh, poor James. She stopped as she was communicating with the past, and then she said truly, Mind you, I noticed there's something queer coming over him lately, lately. If I bring him soup to him, I find him with his brew wherever reverie fallen to the floor. Laying back the chair, and his eyes wide open, mouth open. She laid her finger against her nose and frowned. Then she continued. But still, and all we kept on saying, before the summer's over, you would go out and drive one fine day, just to see the old house again. We were born down in Orange Town. Take me, Nini, Nini of him. You could only get one of them. You think encourages make. No noise. Father Grop told him about them and the rheumatic wheels. The day cheap, he said. I rode on his rush of the way there and drive out three of us together on Sunday evening. He had his mind set on that poor James. Lord, have mercy on his soul, to my aunt. Elsa took out her handkerchief and wiped her eyes with it. Then she put it back into her pocket and gazed in the empty grate for some time without speaking. It is too as always. She said the duties of the parish was too much for him. His life was, you might say, crossed. Yes, said my aunt. He's a disappointed man. You could say that. could see that. A silence took possession of the little room. Under the cover of it, approached the table and fastened my sherry and returned so, quietly to my chair in the corner. Elsa seemed to come fallen into deep reverie. We waited respectfully for her to break the silence. After long pauses, she said slowly, the a broke. At the beginning of it. Of course, they say it was all right. It contained nothing. I mean, but still, they say it was the boy's fault. Paul James is so nervous. God be merciful him. Was well, that it? Said my aunt. I heard of something. Elsa nodded. He's affected the mind, she said. Later he began to mope by himself, talking to nobody, wondering about by himself. Now I might. So one night he was wanted for the go call. They could not find him anywhere. They looked high up and down, down. Still they couldn't see a sight of him anywhere. So when the clerk suggested try the treble, they so got the keys and opened the treble. Clark and Father Rook, Larry's were there, brought in a light for the look for him. What do you think? There he was sitting by himself in a dark confession box, wide awake and laughing like softly to himself. He stopped suddenly to said, Listen, and I too listen. There's no sound in the house. I knew that old priest was lying still in his coffin. He had seen him, Solomon's translucent in death, an idle chalice at his breast. Elsa resumed, wide awake and laughing like to himself. So, and then, of course, when you saw that, that might that may, made you think, you think there was something gone, gone, something gone wrong with him.